You are tuned in to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders, sharing their testimonies and the work they're doing for the Lord. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus reminds us, Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We hope this program will encourage you to do just that. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Jonathan Zintron, who was born in Newark, New Jersey, and raised in Houston, Texas. Pastor Jonathan never imagined he would become a successful author and pastor. In his youth, Jonathan struggled in school with reading and writing, as well as suffering from a severe stutter. However, while in college, Jonathan experienced a radical encounter with God minutes before attempting to take his own life. And then after converted from a devout Buddhist to Christianity, he discovered that he was suddenly able to read, write, and speak without the issues which plagued him in his youth. With his new abilities, he began writing blogs and articles fervently, and eventually authored his first book titled Buddhist, Mormons, and Jesus in 2019, and his second book titled Sandy, Arise and Shine in 2023. Thank you so much, Pastor Jonathan, for being on Faith City Outreach to warn Christians about the dangers in practicing yoga and martial arts. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Pastor Jonathan, please share and summarize your testimony. I did hear your testimony and that's how God brought you to me because I listened to it and I said, I really want him to come to my radio station. And I just prayed, Lord, if it's, if it's your will, bring him. I will send him a text or email and they, here you are. So I thank <laughs> God for this. Yeah, God's God is definitely amazing. He's the one who opens doors and makes his connections. And I am thrilled that you and I connected um, just recently, I think two weeks ago. Um, so this is such a great opportunity for us to just, just talk about God and how great Jesus is, um, things that he's done in my life and what he can do for others. Exactly. And so please summarize your testimony. I know that your early life, you grew up as a Buddhist and you also suffered from psychological, physical, and emotional abuse by the hands of your parents. And I'm so, um, I'm sad about that. And, uh, but look what God has done with your testimony. And so please share. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up Buddhist my entire life. My whole family was Buddhist. None of them very devout, but, um, but when I, when I became a devout Buddhist, I was probably seven between seven to eight years old, I started studying Buddhism some more. And then about nine years old, I was invited. Actually, my mom walked into me, into my bedroom as I was um, just fervently speaking about life and things with people that she could not see. And she flipped out, dragged me to some Buddhist temples to find out if I needed a, an, an exorcism. And every Buddhist monk in Houston we encountered believed that I was a reincarnation of a Tibetan Buddhist. Buddha, actually, which is a living God that he he foretold would be reincarnated and found in Houston. But obviously, I am not a reincarnation of a Buddha because reincarnation is is of the occult and it's demonic. Uh, also, in addition to Buddhism, I was uh, I, I was heavy into wing 
Chung Kung Fu. I studied Kung Fu from age of seven to 24 years old, but I left the practice about six months after my salvation in 2003. So just like you were saying in 2003, actually growing up, like you were saying, I grew up with a lot of uh, physical and emotional abuse. My mother um, was very, very violent. And my father was emotionally, um, emotionally abusive, sexually abusive. And my mother at age, just before I turned 12, she had a, um, she was punishing me and she was beating me with a baseball bat and actually killed me. And I was dead for about 10 minutes, lost my pulse. And um, I came back, I came back to life there. That's another story where I actually heard the voice of God at that time. There's a, there's always a part, I believe in everyone who, who can, who knows the voice of God. But, but when, when you're in the cult as deep as I was, you choose to ignore that voice. But the voice told me to go back that my mother needed me. And, um, and that, that's when I, I, that's when I woke, woke up from being um, killed. And my mother actually admitted to wanting to hide my body. She was trying to figure out how to hide my body because she said I was completely lifeless. To this day, she actually says that to my, she told my wife that she said, I remember beating him and he, he, his pulse stopped. But in 2003, this is how I got saved. I was, you know, my whole world was crumbling apart, family, social life, friends, everything was crumbling apart. And I, and I just decided to take my own life. So I came back from school. I'm sitting in front of the computer. I cry out to God for the first time because I was an extreme devout Buddhist. Again, I, I studied martial arts. I did meditation every single day. I, um, I, I went and taught at the Buddhist temples. They actually believe I was a Buddha. So I did a lot of teaching of the occult things, uh, opening, closing the third eye, astral projection, things like that. Um, but I cry out to God. I said, God, I know you're there. I have questions. I need answers. And I'm like bawling and bawling. And after waiting a few minutes and not getting an immediate response, I had no idea how God worked at that time. I assumed that he forsaken me too. But then I was, as I got up and started making my way to my father's pistol in the next room, my doorbell rang twice and my mom hollered, Jonathan, it's two pretty little girls. Uh, they must be your friends. I'm um, at that point, not having any experience with God, I assumed God sent two girls to knock on my door to brighten my day. So I screamed back to my mom, hey, give me a minute to wash my face because my face was puffy because just that day my life was falling apart. I washed my face as fast as I could with cold water, rushed to the door, opened the door and found two young Mormon women standing at the door, petrified. Um, and I noticed that the car was parked in the middle of the street behind them, doors open, engine running. And I assumed at that time they were being carjacked, um, which was a common common occurrence in my neighborhood. I grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood in Houston. So after asking if they were okay, they fearfully told me that the voice and there was a voice inside of the car as they left a Bible study and the voice said, stop the car and get out. And at that moment, I looked at them. They said, we got out of the car. And then they, they shared that the voice that they heard in the car was outside of their vehicle. And they said, to the right is a brown house. In that brown house is a little boy who has questions I need answers. Go knock on the door. Tell them that the answers he's seeking are in the Bible and only the Holy Bible. So fast forward. Uh, we started doing weekly Bible studies a few weeks later. Uh, we did it for four months straight. And then the two girls that originally came and taught me ended up becoming about 20 other Mormons, 2021 Mormons. They would gather around. We, were, we would study the Bible together. And then, and then six months after those Bible studies um, finished, I got a phone call from the one of the original girls. They're, they told me that she and seven other Mormons, eight of them total, received salvation after we had those Bible studies, left the Mormon religion in church and became true believers and got shunned by their families as well. And they moved to Utah to, to begin to evangelize Utah. Wow. Amazing. And 
at what point did you leave? I know you said six months later, you left the martial arts, right? Yeah, I left martial arts. I was, um, I was a, a devout martial artist and I studied it from six, seven years old to 24. And I was, I was uh, teaching a class as well. I was a top student in a class. So they, a lot of them called me master or basically like an assistant master, a Sifu. And so they would call me Si Hang, which is like the top student or Sifu. And they would, I would go there every Sunday and, um, and really just train up all these kids and train up all these people in martial arts. But all of a sudden, one day I went in there before we started martial arts practice, we would walk into the Buddhist temple. We were bowed to the various like got Buddhist gods that are there. I was a Buddhist and a Taoist. So I had, a, there was a philosophy in my, in my Buddhist walk as well. And um, something inside of my chest just did not feel right. Something that I've done, I did for 24 years, nonstop praying to these idols suddenly did not sit right in my chest. And I just felt this, this urge that it was time to walk away from Buddhism. It was time to walk away from um, everything that I, that I built around me to, to define me. And I did, I, I announced to the class that, um, that the following week was going to be my last week. I was going to take him out to watch a movie. I actually took him out to watch the passion of Christ, the passion movie. Mm -hmm. And then I took him out for lunch and uh, two of them got saved that day as well. And after that, I, I walked out of Buddhism. I walked completely out of Mormon, uh, not Mormonism, Buddhism and Kung Fu. What was the reaction to people around you, like your parents and maybe the people from your class? Well, the class was about 40 people. So I would say 10 of them were family members. There were my cousins and some really close friends. They were shocked because of everyone in that class, everyone who practiced Buddhism in that class, I was the most devout. So they had no idea what was going on. They believed I was brainwashed. They thought um, they thought someone got to me. Uh, they didn't understand what was going on. And they were really upset. My mother actually shunned me and, and, uh, and tried to kick me out of the house. And then um, when I ended up moving out of the house at one point, uh, right after salvation, because we got, we got evicted. So I was living in my truck. Well, living in my truck, my mom didn't speak to me for two years because she was so upset that I would leave the Buddhist faith. Now, how do your parents feel about you being a Christian today? Well, what's interesting is like I like I shared my my life with my mother was really tough. She was a great mother as long as she wasn't upset. Um, so she knew she had some some downfalls. She had some shortcomings. And um, so one day I, I visited her at our we owned a convenience store at that time. So I walked in one day and she she looked at my phone and saw a photo of me smiling. And she goes, can I see that photo? And I handed it to her. This is about two years of barely talking to her. I'm not talking to her at all. She looks at the photo and she goes, when did you take this? And I said, my friend, uh, my friend took it of me last week. And she's looking at it. She said, I haven't seen this smile since you were about 12. And then she looks at me and she said, if Jesus, if your Jesus gave you your smile back, the smile that you lost when I hit you that day. I don't want to beat you that day. Um, I'm okay with Jesus. So at that point on, she's totally okay with my walk with Jesus. She understands uh, that my love for people, my love for my family increased. And um, so my, my, my entire family, in fact, actually started noticing that. So about a, a few years after my salvation, two other cousins got saved. One read my book, who was, a, was probably the most upset about my conversion to Christianity. She, she buys my book to, to support me. A year later, she reads it because it was during COVID and then she got saved. Wow. And how about your father? My father was, a, I guess, the nicest way of saying he was kind of a heathen his entire life. He wasn't 
wasn't too devout. He, he was a, um, there's a, you know, like part-time Christians. He was like a, he was a, he was a part-time Buddhist when it, when he needed something from Buddha, he thought he would, he would light incense. He would pray, he would meditate with us, but that was very rare but in instances where he had, um, financial shortcomings or people were chasing him for finances. Cause he gambled a lot. He had a lot of people, um, always, he was always broke because he gambled all the time. And those are the only times. So when I became a Buddhist, he was like, what I became a Christian. He said, whatever, like not a big deal to me, but he didn't understand why my mother was so upset. He was more upset that, that I quit doing, um, I quit practicing a lot of the, the culturally accepted, um, traditions of, of Chinese and, and Vietnamese people. Um, so I quit praying to ancestors. I quit. He was upset about that more than he was about me leaving Buddhism. So is your relationship with your parents now restored? It is. My father did pass away recently, two years ago, just before Father's mm-hmm. Day. But they, it was restored. And, and it's amazing. Like my mother, my mother accepts my faith. She's she's heard the gospel preached from my wife and myself multiple times. Um, she's she sets me up for um, for to pray for her sick Buddhist friends. So I prayed for a lot of them, a lot of them to have healed instantly. So I would say like 12 or 13 of them healed. Two of them got saved after getting healed. And then so yeah, any anytime God touches somebody gives us a chance to really share the gospel because they've they've now tasted and seen the goodness and power of God. Amen. Pastor Jonathan, please share some biblical wisdom in, about martial arts and yoga, since you have expertise in both areas, and you used to practice them both before you were a Christian. Correct. So so martial arts and yoga, actually, uh, the originally started off with Hinduism. Hinduism is what where Buddhism came from. So, um, so Buddhism, Tao, Tao, Taoism, uh, which is from um, uh, Lao Tzu, is a guy who founded Taoism, which is a philosophy. Well, at the root of, of yoga, the, the word yoga, the root word is yoke, Y-U-K, which means um, to yoke with or to, to be in union with. And, and the question I think Christians need to ask while they're practicing yoga is, who am I being yoked and unified with? And the truth is you're being yoked and unified with Brahma. You're being yoked and unified with Shiva, which is the, the also known as the destroyer. And you're being yoked and unified with Vishnu, three of the three Hindu gods, which are, you know, as Christians, we could say they're, they're, they're demonic entities and uh, it's all demonic doctrine as well. And the same with martial arts, when you're doing martial arts, you're channeling things, you're channeling, you're trying to open your mind, just like you did yoga and meditation. So you're opening your mind, you're opening your body up to spiritual things. Um, so you're channeling anger, you're channeling frustration. When a lot of times when we practice, I would say, okay, you look like you had a hard week, channel all that anger into this punch or into this kick. Um, and also you would, you would invite chi you you're trying to like, they call it life energy or power to, to increase in you. But the truth is that that word chi is actually also a demonic power as well. So why do so many Christians defend it and also, um, accept it? accept it so easily, like um, they justify their practicing of, of both yoga and martial arts. Like, for example, yoga. So now they called um, yoga a holy yoga, right? Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. like, oh, this is different. And it's not demonic. And it really helps your body. It really stretches you out, you know, and they just give you so much. Um, they just explain so much about the benefits of it. What would you say to them about that? 
Well, number one, I would say run away from it as far as possible. I think the the original intent is extremely important and the origin is extremely important. It's like Halloween. I wrote a post on Halloween um, just yesterday, the day before, and then I'm getting a lot of hate on it because a lot of Christians love to defend Halloween, even though it's it's it, it, it's its root and origin was 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 around um, actually praying to ancestors, which is called necromancy in the Bible, which the Bible warns against. And also it's the Bible warns against Jesus. God warns against idol worship. And, and that's exactly what's happening. So a lot of these people are just, I would say, uh, you know, the reason why all these people are accepting is because blissful ignorance is one of those things, because the Bible says that God's people perish from a lack of knowledge. So a lot of people intentionally don't research the root, the root of these things, they want to fight it freely because they, they're, they're so entrenched and so intertwined with um, the practice of yoga and unknowingly allowing Hinduism and Hindu gods affect them. And also many don't understand that being con being the importance of being consecrated with God, um, where the Bible says to be in the world, but not of the world. They, they, they believe that being in the world and not of it means that they they're tolerant of everything in their life and, 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 re, and they receive everything. But the truth is Jesus says you're either for me or against me. There was no gray area. Um, another reason is sinful pleasure. Sin is fun. And, 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 and a lot of people just want to, they prefer to feed their sin than to feed their spirit or the Holy spirit in them. Um, but you'll see, like, if you looked at my yoga post where you and I first found each other and then, and then you heard my testimony, so many people are just addicted to yoga and, and, but they're more devout to, uh, defending yoga, uh, martial arts, burning sage, Eastern meditation, crystals, um, than they are devout to defending or giving an account to why they have their faith in Jesus. Um, and that's, that's one thing that's completely been lost right now. I think for a lot of Christians and churches. That's so true. Please share. What are the dangers of practicing yoga or martial arts? as a Christian. Yeah, I can tell you that, you know, I had a lot of prayers, you know, walked out of Buddhism and also walked in Buddhism is a lot like Hinduism and the meditations are just like yoga. So, so here's, here's one thing that people will say to you, they will go, but you're telling me I can't stretch. I'm saying, no, you, you can't stretch while you're doing yoga. You can stretch. But if you look at half of those stretches that yoga has, if you just look up a chart of every single stretch, some of the stretches are abnormal. You're bent and contorted in ways that that's not normal. So here's the dangers of it is like, you're really inviting yourself in for yoga. You're, you're asking yourself, you're inviting in Vishnu, Brahman, um, Shiva to be yoked with you. And we're, and, and Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus wants to give you his yoke. And he, the, and the only, only, only person we should be fully connected to like, Jesus living in us and Jesus living on us, like clothed on us, is is Christ and Christ alone. And and so now you're inviting a lot the you're opening up yourself to a lot of demonic things, um, a lot of warfare, and it starts off innocent. The first two or three classes, that first year seems normal, but I've seen some of the most devout Christians in my life start with yoga, argue with me, and within six months to a year, start to get lukewarm. And then it's another six months to a year, they're completely out of their faith and they're they're now into new age. Same thing with martial arts. Like we warned a friend of ours um, whose, whose son was in martial arts and I think karate or jujitsu. And I told him, I said, hey, I'll be careful about that because it's going to build pride and anger. Well, 
two years later, he came to us and they said, Hey, can you pray for my son? He's become very prideful and very angry. I've been doing research, Jonathan. Do you, I think it might've been this martial arts. And I said, I warned you about it about two years ago now. And now your son is raging, angry all the time, confused, having, having nightmares. And so you're really opening yourself up to a slew of things that are all demonic. It's all a cult. The, it, it, the, the enemy just wants to mimic what God created. So basically it's just opening the door to the enemy. Yes. Yeah. So the, it's like, you know, you, you open yourself up for demonic oppressions mm-hmm. if you're saved or, 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 or the chance of, of other potential of possession from a false God or demon. And also I've seen, um, many well-being, well-meaning solid believers who start practicing yoga and martial arts just completely become engulfed and more, I guess, more devout to those practices because they're both religious practices. They become more devout to those practices, setting aside the things of God, like reading God's word, studying, worshiping, meditating in God's word, allowing his, his word to st- and then to wash over you and also seeking his face regularly. And, um, and so they're, they're just completely just engulfed into this passion that is not of God that, that, that they initially got into for health reasons or for self-defense. And all of a sudden, those two simple, what minute things are actually overtaking their life. So what would you say to Christians who are taking holy yoga? And who defend it and say, well, Christian music is being played during holy yoga, and we we say Jesus Christ, or we say scriptures. What would you say? Well, I'll say this to them. I'll go, hey, if I hand you a glass of water, I'm saying this is 99, 99% pure spring water and 1% sewage water. Would you drink it? There's a mixture there. Would you, if I hand you your yoga, That's I'm like 90, 95% of this yoga, I'm mean, 95% of this um, brownie I'm giving you is 95% is pure brownie ingredients. But there's in some of these pieces, there's 5%, you know, feces, but you can't tell the difference. Would you eat it? And that's what God says. God's, God doesn't, God says you're either for me or against me. And so I would say it's better to not give, have any uh, fellowship with darkness. It says light and dark has no fellowship. Uh, some people have argued and said, Hey, Jonathan, it says, it says that, um, it's not what you eat and drink that defile you, but it's just, but the same, the same chapter, we read the very bottom. It says, Hey, if I, if me eating meat causes my brother to stumble, I won't eat meat. So it's, it's people aren't reading it all in context because Paul is saying in that instance saying, Hey, it's what's coming out of you that defiles you. It's not, it's not the food, but if me eating things or doing things that causes others to stumble, your brothers or sisters to stumble, you need to cease doing those things in front of them. And then two chapters later, chapter 10, it talks about, um, it talks about eating food sacrificed to idols. It says, Hey, don't worry about eating food sacrificed to idols. However, if you find out food is sacrificed to idols and they tell you don't eat it. So I think it's the same thing in this instance. It's, it's, um, it's knowledge. So once you have the knowledge that yoga is bad and you're willing to do the research instead of argue or rebuke me or send or, or condemn me to hell uh, for sharing that news, I've gotten so many hate letters from that. My post It's crazy. Um, and, and I'm like, Hey, have you done any research? I don't have to, I know. Cause I've been in yoga for 20 years. Well, have you done any research? No, I haven't. Well, ignorance is bliss. And you should probably do the research now that, that, that you hear truth. And it's, it's an easy search. What does a, what does a true yogi, 
a practitioner of yoga say yoga is meant for? They're going to say it's a religious practice of being of being yoked with these three gods. I'm glad you said that because whoever is listening can do that research. I encourage listeners, please do the research. You said the wording can be what? What does a yoga, a yogi say, like like an Indian yogi or Hindu Mm -hmm. yogi say about the the actual roots of yoga? And then you're going to find all these yogis actually mad at the American Christians for calling it or for belittling their, their religious practice of yoga and just calling it stretching and exercise. They're upset. Um, but there's multiple types of, yo- of yogas as well. Like there's Kundalini yoga, there's regular yoga, there's all, there's, there's all these different types. So the, the, the yogas, that, the yoga we've accepted in America, there's only one kind, I forgot the name of it, but, but I think if they're willing to do their research, they'll find the truth. Like for instance, like blackbelt.com, they actually give you the origin of martial arts. Wow, there you go. And they can even look up the origins of yoga because I did the research. It's been a while, but that's when I read the research of it, the motions and the way your hands go up or the the way the hands are, are um, placed when you do the stretches and mm-hmm. how you mentioned that it calls on a certain god or goddess then I was like, yeah, that is not good. I already just turned me off. But anyways, Pastor Jonathan, I know you authored your first book called uh, Buddhist Mormons and Jesus. And that was in 2019. Correct. And what has been the reaction about this book? You know, I could tell you initially people flip out, they go Buddhist Mormons and Jesus, those three don't go together. I said exactly because Buddhism is religion. Mormonism is religion. But Jesus is truth. Mm-hmm. And I so I tell him, I said, I'm not, I'm no, I was a Buddhist. I'm no longer a Buddhist. I was never a Mormon, but eight Mormons were saved immediately after my salvation. And God used me. And now I'm running with Jesus and Jesus alone. So, so now my book has sold about 2000 copies. I've given away about a thousand copies as well. It's been, it's, it's, it's gone into prison. So I, I've had prisoners writing me letters now saved because my, that book isn't just about my salvation. It's about my life. So a lot of them are reading the chapter about the abuse, physical abuse of experience. And they're writing me crying. They're telling me, Hey, I'm writing this letter to you crying because your story of abuse resonates with me. And it sounds like mine. If Jesus can use you the way he's used you, he can use me as well. Question mark. And I wrote him every single letter back. Absolutely. Because, because God is no respecter of man. And he likes to, he wants to use the least of these. He mm-hmm. wants to use the foolish to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was just lucky enough, and I'm not lucky, blessed enough to be the the least of these that Jesus decided to use. Amen. How can listeners learn more about your ministry and also purchase your books? Yeah. Well, our ministry is called God Manifest. You can go to godmanifest.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. It'd be great to be connected with us on LinkedIn because I do a lot of evangelism on LinkedIn. And you can find me also on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My wife and I, Jonathan Trong, Olivia Trong, we're on those platforms. My books are available all throughout the web. You just do a, a Google search for Buddhist, Mormons, and Jesus or Sandy, Arise and Shine, and you'll find my books. Um, they're on Amazon. They're on Kindle. They're in Barnes & Noble. They're at Walmart. So just a, 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 just go to Amazon. You can type in my name, Jonathan, J-O-N-N-A-T-H-A-N, Trong, T-R-U-O-N-G, and you'll instantly you'll find both my books and I've got six other books I'm currently writing as well. Wonderful. Pastor Jonathan, are you working on a new book or 
a ministry project right now. Can you quickly just share? We have only four minutes left. Can you share that and then end in prayer, please? Sure. My wife and I travel all over the place and we preach the gospel. We evangelize churches because we've learned that 50 to 80%, God showed us that 50 to 80% of American churches are actually unsaved. They only attend church because of tradition, family tradition, and expectations of family members. So we travel all the time. And I am writing six additional books. I, do, I'm, I write a lot of blogs. I write a lot of articles online. You can find those things on my, on my website. But you can really a vital time, I think, for all Christians to, to realize that lukewarmness is dangerous right now. Because you can look at the signs of times. There are always going to be wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nations. But if you look at these times right now, what's happening in this world, especially in the Middle East, this is not a time for lukewarmness. This is a time for the body of Christ to rise up and to, and to step, step in our authority and position and spread the gospel of Jesus because he's the only way, the only truth, and the only, only source of life. Amen. Can you please end in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is touching your heart to pray for? Yeah. Well, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. For that the truth shared today about the occult, about mm-hmm. martial arts, about yoga will not fall on deaf ears or stony hearts. We thank you, Lord, that the, those who are listening with hearts of flesh, or if your heart feels hardened around yesterday's Jesus, soften my heart and give me a heart of flesh. But thank you, Lord, that none of these words are falling on deaf ears or stony hearts. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear the truth mm-hmm. when spoken in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Global Gospel Worship Radio with Marina Maria, where all the nations praise the Lord with Christian international music and radio programs. For more information about our radio ministry, please go to globalgospelworshipradio.org. And now we'd like to bless you with this scripture from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for listening.